Welcome to season two of the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education across the globe. I'm Karen Sarah Watson. I'm not only the host, but I am a teacher. This podcast is for people who want to better understand the experience of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast, season two. I am so excited today because I'm bringing back Terry Kinder, who is from who is a middle school teacher from North Central Florida. She was on our podcast in season one, and there's been so much going on in Florida that I called Terry up and I was like, I need to get you back on the podcast because we have to talk. Terry, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me back. I'm glad to uh, be here talking with you. So tell me, first of all, where last time I talked to you, you were teaching online, you had five classes online and you had one face-to-face. So tell me what your year looks like this year. Well, this year our district is not doing um, any online through our schools. So I'm all in person this year in comparison to last year's online, uh, which is a massive relief for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and so no one in our district is doing online unless the students went through like an actual uh, virtual school um, through our county or through the Florida virtual. Are they offering virtual school in your county? So we have, so I'm part of uh, Marion County is the county I'm in and there is a Marion virtual school. And so they're still part of the Marion County public school teachers that are hired through that Marion virtual. And um, I'm sure it's probably larger than it was in the past. Uh, my son, that's how he through, did school last year um, in his freshman year of high school. He did um, his first year on Marion virtual. And that's the route we went just because it's a, a program that's been around for many, many years. So I kind of felt like it was a, a stable way to kind of enter his high school year with everything that went on last year. So. Um, but yeah, no, it's, so that program does exist and it is still available, but we're not doing it through all of our schools. Like, you know, nationwide, everyone, you know, all of us teachers were, you know, trying to teach online. Yeah. I mean, it's so the same it's, in New York. I'm sure that there are online programs that I just haven't heard of, but for parents who are scared to, um, you know, have their students go back to school at this point, there is no option for them. And there's a lot of people in New York fighting for that. So, um, gotcha. to, I don't know how it, so tell me there's so much going on, but um, let's just start with your experience with going back with the masks and there's so much going on with your governor and just tell me your story about your return to the classroom. Yeah, sure. So Governor DeSantis, um, initially right before the school year, so I think end of July, he had made a order saying that none none of the, the counties were allowed to issue any sort of mask mandate in the schools. So yeah, of course, that definitely created some media buzz uh, nationwide about that. Most of the larger districts uh, did decide to go ahead and um, issue mask mandates, especially within the first week of school, including my own district. We're not as big as, you know, say Dade County or somewhere like Miami or Tampa areas, but um, they went ahead and did it after week two, our numbers were just skyrocketing of, of cases. So, um, so anyway, they issued a mask mandate, but they offered an opt-out program. And right now, 22% of our student population has signed an opt-out waiver. Their parents, you know, can fill it out to opt out of wearing a mask in school. Um, employees and staff are still required to wear them, but um, students were allowed to choose. And uh, I mean, their parents are allowed to choose. And so, you know, our district is providing us with, with PPE, like, you know, masks, face shields, 
lots of, you know, Lysol wipes and Clorox wipes and, and um, the Hydox that we were using last year is like a hydrogen peroxide to, to, you know, spray on our desks. So they are still providing those things. And a lot of the students, you know, if they forget their mask, they, the county has also provided us um, additional masks to give to the students if they forget them. Um, so, but yeah, there's still about 20, it's 22% of the student population is not wearing a mask in the classroom. And initially it was, no one was required. And that was definitely scary. Um, for me as a teacher, I think it was mostly just because, you know, we know what it's like being in the classroom. It's like a Petri dish. <laughs> and so, you know, we all know that being in the room with, with all these uh, young students who even I teach in middle school and they don't always cover their mouth and they sneeze in their hands and then they're touching their desk and their pencils. And uh, I think I was still very nervous about going back initially when there were no masks. I feel a lot better now. I know most of my students are wearing them and um, they're consistently wearing them. And uh, I, you know, I personally wear my safety, you know, protections, you know, masks and shields. Um, and I, I do feel like a lot better than I did when we initially didn't have any masks in the school and the numbers were just insane. So I, I, uh, I can go through some of those numbers, but it went, I'm sure it was a nationwide trend, but our numbers within that first week, there was only 130, there's 139 positive people. But by week, let's see, by week three, it was 733 students and teachers that were positive. And the number started trending downward after that. But, um, and then that's not including the contact tracing. We had over, let's see, the third week of school, we had 3,400 people out just from contact tracing, not including the positive students and teachers. Yeah, it was a lot. Unbelievable. So, um, but anyway, the numbers have drastically gone down um, since then. I mean, we're back down to 250. So it's better than about 730 that we were right. at a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that is countywide. I even looked up our county numbers, not just including like the school population, but countywide, it was at 30% um, positivity rate. And now it's down to like 17% positivity rate. So in just the last couple of weeks, it's, it's gone down a lot. But, uh, you know, that Delta, I'm assuming it's the Delta variant has sort of just gone through our district, you know. Wow. And um, our... What is the percentage of, of um, I love that you're drinking wine. <laughs> Sorry, oh, it's, it. it's like after school. No, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, because it's, we're, we're all starting school again and we all are back to our little glass of wine at night just to. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm no. lucky. I have a winery. I have a winery across the street from my house. So girl, I'm like, I stocked up on their strawberry wine the other day and I'm good to go. <laughs> Delicious. Oh, good for you. So, um, I was I, I was wondering about uh, where the percentages of vaccinated teachers, how teachers are about vaccination, like what's happening with that besides the whole mask mandate. Yeah, um, I mean it was highly encouraged. I mean even before school, um, during that first you know week back, I you know our. Um, school board members had come and talked to the school and, and we heard a lot of just encouragement, like, you know, hey, it's something we support. We would love for everyone to be vaccinated. Um, obviously that's everyone's choice, but we know they were encouraging it. You know, a, a lot of our admin was saying, you know, again, 
it's your choice, but we encourage it. You know, you're the one, you're ones in the school and the, the classrooms with these students and we highly encourage it. Even with the masks too, it was even when it was an option for staff or that two weeks that it was an option for us, you know, they still said, we really highly encourage you to still wear it, protect yourself as much as possible. And, um, and most, most of our teachers actually did. I mean, I know a lot of our, our staff, I don't know the numbers specifically within my school or even district of teachers specifically. I, I have the numbers of the county. There's over 200,000 vaccinated in the county, um, but we're, it's a fairly low. So, um, but I do know that a lot of the, the teachers that I work with are vaccinated and, and there, there's constantly uh, options and opportunities to get vaccinated you know, everywhere you know, they can get it. So, um, but I don't know the actual population. Okay. Who's no, no, no. I was just, I'm very curious. Um, what is, do, are you getting backlash with parents about mask mandates? Are you getting backlash about um, vaccines? I'm, I'm always seeing protests now. I'm only getting news from Florida from the newsroom. So I'm curious what it's actually like to be there as opposed to what we're seeing on the news. Yeah. And I, I'm sure, um, in my district, you know, we're a very conservative district in comparison to other maybe larger counties in, in the, um, the state. And I have watched a few of our uh, school board meetings and seen a lot of the, the parents show up and protesting against the mask mandate. And even with the opt-out um, option, they still felt like it was a violation of their rights. Um, you know, some parents came in and brought in concerns of just Get young elementary school students wearing dirty masks, not the hygienic aspect of it and the uh, potential that that could even make them sick just because they're wearing these dirty masks constantly. Um, and I, I would say some of those parents made some maybe good points, but uh, majority of the comments that I heard from our district, the parent, you know, the parents who spoke was uh, feeling like their rights were just being trampled on. I mean, the nationwide kind of comments that you're hearing, but I feel like our district made it, you know, the option is there. Parents can opt out of it. They're not forced to make their child wear them. And it's nice to see that 80% of our population, even though we have an extremely conservative um, district, 80% of the parents didn't sign opt-out waivers. And uh, that doesn't necessarily guarantee the kids aren't taking them off at school, you know, when parents aren't seeing it. But the fact that 80% of our parents in this district chose to not sign a waiver for their kid not to wear one shows that majority of them believe that they're useful. Oh, that's good. That's good. And how yeah. has it been for you in the classroom? Have you had any issues with, I mean, has it been hard because you have some kids who are not wearing masks and obviously COVID was going, you know, the Delta is like getting people who are vaccinated. So I'm, I'm knowing people who are fully vaccinated, who have gotten it and it hasn't been easy for them, but they still haven't gone to the hospital. So there's that. But what has been your Absolutely. experience? Um, I have not gotten any pushback from students. There are maybe one or two kids who just, you know, they don't want to wear that mask and I'll pull them on the hallway and I say, you know, honey, if you, if this is something you feel so strongly about, you don't want to wear this, then you need to talk to your parents about it. But your mom and dad clearly think it's important that you wear one. And if you want to have that conversation with your parents and, and have them sign that opt-out waiver, then that's, then that's the, that, then that can happen. Otherwise you're going to wear it. And usually after that, that little conversation I have with those couple students, they start wearing them again without any complaint because they know that mom and dad aren't going to sign that waiver. Um, and so those few students, you know, do complain about that, but otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of students who are vaccinated. I teach middle school. So, you know, 12 and up is the age range I'm in. 
And right now, the currently, I mean, who knows, things change so quickly, but currently the policy is that if a student's vaccinated, they're allowed to not be contact traced unless they're showing symptoms. Um, you know, they're let, they're told that they've been in contact with someone with COVID. And at that point, it's just monitor your, you know, if you have any symptoms, but they're not allowed, they're not required to miss, you know, another week, eight days of school. Um, but all the other students who are not vaccinated are required to miss, you know, eight days and unless they can show a pop, like a negative test result and they don't accept any kind of rapid test. But I haven't, um, I, other than seeing the disappointment when students that first few weeks of school, we were getting, I probably get called in the six periods I teach. I probably got called seven or eight times in during that day, maybe even more than that. And they were pulling kids all day long for my classes that have been contact traced. And so every time the phone rang, you could just see the faces of the students. Um, and my son, he got quarantined twice within the first two weeks of school. And uh, poor thing, he said, every time the phone rings, they're all just like wait on the edge of their seat, like who's getting quarantined next, you know, and they're always fearful that they're all getting sent, sent home. So um, I think that that has created a little anxiety with students because they're, they know they're going to miss eight days of school and that's hard to catch up. Um, and so I have seen more of that, you know, more pushback from parents getting mad that we're quarantining so many students. They don't, even when they're non-symptomatic, you know, like you just were contact traced. Right. So. You know, it's so, it's so, it's so crazy because, um, in our school, we just found this out today, the New York city, the DOE has, um, said now just today that if, a student is sitting um is, is a student sitting at a table and they test positive for covid only the person who is across from them can be quarantined but the rest of the class is apparently three feet away which i don't know about your school but that's not happening in my that's not happening that's not happening in any school are you do you have social distancing happening at your school oh my gosh no, and plus it's in our school, they're doing six feet. So it's anyone within six feet radius uh, is quarantined. And so if you have one student say in the center of the class, I had this just the other day, it was so funny to look in my room and, and the the entire like six foot radius around that one student was completely missing. You know, like they're all gone for eight days. Um, and so, no, I tried the first, I don't know. I think we were all a little oblivious. All of us kind of put our kids back in pairs and groups and I don't know if we all just thought COVID was over. I don't, I don't know. Blinders on, hopeful thinking that first couple of weeks. And then when those numbers started trending up, 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 I just separated all my desks again as far as I could apart. But when you have 30 students in a classroom, you can only get them like a couple of feet apart from each other. Oh my other. God, we have 32 um, kids in our classroom and we're in elementary school with no vaccinated kids. And so mm -hmm. I'm just looking around, I'm just looking around and it, it feels like COVID never happened, except for that they're wearing masks. You know, we have masks on, but there's like, there's no social distancing in the hallway. There's no social distancing in the classroom. And I was curious what it was like in other places because it just feels so weird right now. It's. Yeah. I think a lot of us, I mean, all of us at lunch, I think it was maybe week two, we all kind of sat there and just shock of like seeing those numbers drastically increase and then like students just leaving left and right from being sick. And I think we all just sort of sat there and were like, what were we all thinking? Like we really thought this year was going to be slightly normal. Like I was looking at our numbers from the last week of school from last May, there was only eight total people in the entire district that had COVID positive. And then the first week of school is 139 and then it jumps up, jumps up. And then it was like almost 800. And so it's like, 
man, we were oblivious. We all kind of thought it was like over and, um, mm -mm. yeah, not at all. But yeah, like what you said, we, we started off all thinking we could just be together and sit in groups and so unfortunately, it sounds, like, it sounds like compared to the, our, our first interview that we had that things are better in terms of, do you feel like things are better in terms of the safety of the teachers? Because that was one of your biggest concerns when we, we spoke, um, last season. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're not, last year, one of the biggest things was the teachers felt very uncomfortable having the students eating in uh, lunch and breakfast in the classrooms because they were trying to avoid eating in the cafeteria with everyone in there. And they only allowed like a couple of classes. Um, and that stopped, we ended up opening our courtyards and allowing students to eat outside. Um, and so that helps, you know, unless it's raining, that helps a lot with the students can eat out in the grass and they've just sort of made it, you know, a place where the kids can eat outdoors. And that really, um, relieved a lot of teachers because they did feel unsafe prior to that. Um, and then I would say overall, I think when we spoke last year, it was what maybe that second month of school. And I think a lot of people were just so uneasy of being out of quarantine. You know, everyone was so locked up in their homes that summer, you know, and I think that was just the first time we were all kind of being exposed to this virus um, every day in and out. And so a lot of people, there's so much more uncertainty back then. And I think now that we have these policies in place, they're sticking to them really seriously about the contact tracing and any minor symptoms, students, you know, or go to the clinic and they are sent home. They are really serious about not letting them back in without negative test results, unless they wait the whole eight or nine days, whatever it is. Um, so I do think that there's so much, there's so many more policies in place that people feel better. So yeah, I do think that, you know, that they're not eating in the classrooms anymore. That helped. And, and I, and obviously a lot more the people are vaccinated now. So many more teachers and even students are vaccinated. And I do think that that has provided a lot more comfort um, compared to last year, for sure. Cause there, you know, in September when we spoke, maybe it was, there were no vaccines even available yet. So. So tell me, um, have you talked to um, other teachers in other districts in Florida and what have you heard about what they are, are they having, are they, is it similar to you in terms of the safety or are teachers feeling not so safe in other places? Have you had that experience talking to other teachers? Um, uh, from what I have seen, just from the connections that I made from last year, whenever, you know, um, I made a lot of connections with teachers nationwide, but so from the teachers I've seen on just social media from, from last year, I have noticed it does seem like not necessarily a safety aspect has been more difficult this year, but what I've noticed is more teachers are struggling with trying to do the online thing, as in, even though we're not teaching online, like in the classroom, when students are quarantined for a couple of weeks and they're constantly being quarantined, we're still required to put work online for them. And I have noticed that certain districts, not mine necessarily or my school particularly, but I've noticed from other districts around Florida, some of these teachers are, they are dealing with what I was dealing with last year, that mental breakdown of just, I don't know how to use these platforms. I don't understand the technology. Um, trying to figure out how to do both, like teach in person and having to zoom in for the kids who are all quarantined. When you have 20 kids quarantined, only six kids in front of you, I've seen um, I have talked to teachers, even in private schools, not even public. I just talked to some this weekend who said that they are trying to do that, like Zoom and teach at the same time. Um, and they weren't doing that last year, right? Because it was either you're an online teacher, or you're an in-person teacher. And so a lot of the, the teachers that I know or I have spoken to and connected with, they're struggling with 
where I was at last year with that overwhelming, I don't know how to do my job well in a totally new platform, right? And um, I, uh, I do see a lot of teachers struggling with that. And I, it, a couple people actually just shared my open letter a couple days ago and said, this is how I, you know, I read this letter last year and I so much more relate to it this year. And it was me kind of expressing my, um, my feelings about like using a new online platform and the kids not being able to help my students at home and not under, you know, not being able to engage with them the way I wanted to. So I haven't heard from teachers about safety things. So that isn't, it doesn't seem to be a, a big hot topic issue that I've seen from my friends or the people I've networked with in Florida, probably more so in the media than in, in real reality. Um, but I have noticed that teachers are feeling very overwhelmed, kind of like I felt last year. And I, I definitely sympathize and empathize with them uh, because I went through it last year for sure. How are you dealing with being back in a classroom with 30 kids? Um, because for me personally, um, I'm exhausted. <laughs> And yeah. it's and I, I just got really used to small numbers and being able to manage under small numbers. And I'm looking at all my classes this year and my schedule is much harder, but it's like a normal year. It's not like this year is different from a normal year, but because we had last year, I'm not used to the numbers and it feels so overwhelming for me. How does that feel for you? That classroom management. I think I'm still on the high of being excited to have kids in person again. <laughs> I know I might be, I'm the unicorn because last year was, I just hated teaching online. I love working with students in person. Um, there's some skills there that, you know, needed some honing in from like that classroom management of dealing with 30 students. And that, yeah, that energy level, I think by third, probably about maybe fourth or fifth period, I'm, I'm tired of wearing the mask and trying to talk through that and being engaging and projecting my voice, um, you know, cause you teach theater, you have so many emotions and you have to project your voice. And there's all these things, it's, it is a little different when you're wearing a mask or a shield over your face. And I feel like when I was online, I could still have all those, you know, like, right. I, could, I could just, you know, teach the way I wanted to teach with all of my facial expressions and, and project my voice. And it wasn't a problem, but um, I've noticed that, like, I would say probably by like fourth period, I'm like, my voice is <laughs> starting to go and I'm like tired of shouting into my mask. Um, yeah. I got a, so I got a microphone this year and I really suggest it and I'm going to send it to you like to get one, but it really helps yeah. because my voice is exhausted because everything is oh. so animated in my class, but, um, the masks are still a huge challenge to, to mm -hmm. deal with. Um, especially not being able to get reactions from kids. Too. Yeah, I'm sure, especially with elementary, it's it's got to be difficult. You know, I think my students can express themselves. They're at an age where it's a little easier. They can voice their concerns or voice what they need to say with a mask on. Um, but yeah, with elementary, I'm sure it's a little harder, especially with theater. There's so much more expression. Yeah, I'm always like, you know, smile with your eyes. Be sad with your eyes. We're going to do emotions today. <laughs> And you have, I have the students who just have deadpan eyes and no matter what expression <laughs> they're doing, and they'll say, Miss Watson, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm like, your eyes are so dead. Like, there's nothing going on. It's so funny. It's very, it's, it is very challenging in theater. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, you feel like this year, I mean, you, you're, you're happy that you're live with the students yeah. and you're getting that. There is something really wonderful about that, that live yeah. thing that online you do not get. 
for sure. And it is fun to see a lot of the online kids I had last year will come by and say hi to me. And they seem so excited to see me. And a couple of them I recognize because they would put their cameras on every once in a while. And um, and it's so wonderful to see their faces in person. And some of them will walk by and say hi to me. And I'm like, you got to remind me who you are because you never had your camera on. I was like, I know I'm assuming I was your online teacher, but I don't know who you are. And then they'll, they'll tell me their name. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like so good to see your face like and to know what you look like in the hallway now so I, you know now they're they're passing by my room saying hi and it's good to see them but yeah there's nothing like teaching in person in comparison to online and I think that there are teachers who thrive and they did a wonderful job last year I just personally didn't feel like I was successful you know last year was a really hard year for me personally just knowing that my level of teaching versus what I was able to bring to the table last year and I just felt like I don't want to say I failed those students because a lot of them still did very, very well. And they, they excelled on their state exam. I, I mean, I was blown away by how well they, they did, but I know what I could have brought to the table and they just didn't get that, you know, and actually I have a student who she's my student assistant this year. She's an eighth grader and she sat, she sits in my room and she, you know, helps me with different assignments and tasks and she's hearing me teach in person. And there's this lesson we did just the other day. And I was like, isn't it so much better in person? And she's like, yes, like way better. And she's like, she can hear all the lessons she heard online, but she's hearing me do them in, in real life. And she's like, this was way better. Like, this was so much fun. And she sees how engaging they could have been. Um, and that makes me, I mean, it makes me feel good that she can like see me. I'm like, no, this is what you could have had like in person. But um, it's, it is fun to get that feedback. But um, yeah, I don't feel... I mean, I am concerned, believe me. I, I think this com a conversation I have with my spouse all the time. I talk to my husband about how I am concerned for my own health. You know, I know that COVID is so, so serious and there are so many people who are dying left and right. I, I know that or being hospitalized, but I am still thankful I'm able to teach in person. Like just from a professional standpoint, I'm glad to be in the room and I am doing what I can to keep myself safe. Um, doesn't mean I won't potentially catch COVID and, and get sick, you know, and, uh, and that's obviously, I know it's a possibility, but a lot of people face that no matter what their career is right now. Um, it's always a, it's a risk if we're going to be dealing with the public, right? If we're going to be around people, but I'm just so grateful that I get to be back, you know, teaching again. I'm so happy to hear that because, you know, obviously our last conversation was a really hard year for you and um, your struggle. We, we talked a lot about um, testing, how they, they were really still mandating a lot of testing at a time where it's almost impossible to do that. And, and hopefully that will be better for you this year now that you, I mean, yeah. you know, testing is testing. I mean, that's still, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and, you know, it, I did have some positives that happened last year because of me going so public and, and trying to bring those concerns. You know, testing did, uh, they decided they weren't going to test online anymore. And they, the students only, they only tested in person. And, excuse me, that took a huge um, burden off the online teachers. You know, we were able to test the students in, in school if the parents chose to bring them in. And if they didn't, they didn't. You know, the parents didn't bring them in and we didn't test them. So, I felt like that was a much better solution. And I was so thankful that the county listened, you know, got put on these, there was a task force of parents and different people from the community and different teachers, including myself. And, um, and that was the route that everyone chose to go. And so speaking up did have some positive effects. There was lots of good things that came from it, but that was, um, it was a good thing because there's nothing valid about trying to test kids online. Like, right. I don't know, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. things are better. 
Yeah, no, definitely. That was, I mean, that, that'll come up as testing comes along. We're still at the beginning right now. And I'm just, I'm very happy for you that you're back in person. I do feel like it makes a difference teaching live as opposed to teaching through a camera lens. And I'm finding, and um, one last thing I wanted to ask you about, um, do you find at all that the kids, it might be different for, because I'm in elementary and you're in middle school, um, that the kids kind of don't know what to do with themselves now that they're back. Like I'm finding that the, well, the young ones, especially like there's are just kind of, it's like a whole new world. The wonderful thing is watching their faces, see each other, like being live with their friends. Like the kids are so happy right now. There's so, so yeah. little, so little crying this year and so much joy. Um, what is your experience with the kid? you know, your, your middle school students, was it, awkward for them at all to come back? Or was it just like they went right back into it? I think that the students who had been there last year who were still there we wore masks and it was a much smaller population than it is this year, but it was, you know, we still had a lot of school, a lot of students on campus. And I think that when those kids came back, it just seemed like they fell right into place. But you can tell which ones were online last year for sure, because they were definitely like a student would sneeze and they would be like, <laughs> like they're looking around the room like, dear God, oh, protect me. And um, yeah, you definitely noticed like this. I'm like, you were probably online last year because that's like they flinch at any little like, you know, people in their bubble. It's very, I have conversations with some students who actually came from out of state and they're, they're really they're like talking to people within like a foot of their face. And like, these kids are like, back up, like, don't be in my space. Like, this is my bubble. And this one boy's like, I don't understand what they mean when they say this is my bubble. And I like had a conversation with the boy today. And um, he's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, honey, there's like a personal space bubble, you know, COVID we're trying to like, you know, stay back a couple of feet when you're talking to people, don't be too close. And so <laughs> there's some students that just don't, I think they were or they just haven't maybe been around people a lot. So they don't know the difference. It's so interesting. But, it's but no. an interesting study of human, the human experience watching all of us come back together and see how that works. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just want to, and I'm so happy for you, Terry. It's really good to talk to you in, in such a positive light and that like things yeah. are, I, things are working out for you. And I really hope that you have a wonderful year this year and thank you for shedding some insight on um what's happening in florida i think what the media is portraying is also very different from talking to people who are actually there yeah. and i'm glad that we had that insight with you and i really appreciate that yeah absolutely yeah i'm glad that we got a chance to catch up for sure and in yes. a much more positive light <laughs> and, and um and yeah i'm glad i was able to provide you with something positive and uh who knows things might always change in the future but i definitely think that um, things are going better than maybe the media is portraying right now, for sure. Well, I'm really but. happy to hear that. And and it's wonderful to see you again. So thank you for coming back on the Warriors of Education podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors of Education. This podcast is produced by me, Karen Sarah Watson, edited by Alitza Renzi, and recorded in Brooklyn, New York. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you download podcasts. If you are a teacher or know a teacher who would like to share a story, contact us at warriorsofeducation at gmail.com or on our website, warriorsofeducation.com. Teachers, we hear you, we see you, we honor you. Thank you.